Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Monday. I hope you had a good weekend. I filmed a vlog this weekend as kind of an experiment and it was really nice. I usually do my like reset day on Saturday or I do a ton of cleaning and I enjoy that well enough. Most weeks, some weeks I get a little grumpy about it, but most weeks it's something I enjoy. Um, This week I was like, what if I try to make this like a more balanced experience and I bring in the seven dimensions of wellness, which if you are new to the podcast, the seven dimensions of wellness are essentially the seven main areas of well-being. And you can explore, you know, how am I doing based off of those seven categories. And so I thought I would try and do something in each of those seven categories. So that's, um, let me pull it up to make sure I'm telling you (laughs) the truth of what they are because I'm nervous that I will forget them. And there's so many different versions of them as well, uh, just out there on the internet. So here, here are the ones I, I used. I did environmental, social, physical, creative, intellectual, emotional, and financial. And so I just did this experiment of like, what if I do something, one to two things in each of those categories to just kind of pour back into myself that day. And it was a really fun experiment. It actually was really nice. I don't know if I'll do that much. I think I tend to be a lot happier when I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself to like do, 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 do. But I think I could have like a day where I more softly allow for that space. Um, I watercolor painted, I baked a cake. I arranged flowers. I did some like financial budgeting and stuff like that. It was, it was a really good day, honestly. So I feel like there's room to explore playing with that in the future. We'll see how it goes. But the vlog is really cool. It'll come out on Wednesday if you want to watch it. Um, let's get into our little coffee chat for the day. If you are new here, I do a coffee chat every single Monday and we have a little bit of a structure to it. I talk about three good things that happened in my life this week. I talk about something I'm learning or thinking about, and then we go into what's been going on. So what happened last week? What am I feeling vulnerable about? What am I proud of myself for? I explore my three core desired feelings for the month and how I intend to live into those. And then we talk about a self-care challenge uh, and what's coming up in terms of content on the podcast and YouTube. So that's what we are in for today. Just a big behind the scenes look at what's going on over here. (laughs) All right. So the three good things that I have for this week, number one is been hot tea and our coffee pot, like having a coffee pot and just having hot tea around. This cold weather, man, like today 
yesterday the high was 36 like that's insane that was the high um <clears throat> and I just I don't want to drink cold beverages right now I just want to have like a constant stream of warming drinks inside of me all the time when it's cold out and I'm just really grateful for hot tea honestly it's um it's really keeping getting me through the winter the last few cold weeks I think it is technically spring now, but uh, it doesn't feel like it in North Carolina. And my second thing is my nature journal. I started a nature journal. <laughs> what a nerd. But I did. I started a nature journal and it's giving me a lot of joy right now. I'm basically just documenting the flowers as they bloom and draw. I'm getting to like write about them, kind of what the weather's like, what I'm observing in nature. Um, and then what flowers are blooming right now. So I can, and then I draw the flower. It's just a really fun, creative outlet for me, but it's also kind of a presence practice and a practice in being in the moment, watching nature unfold. I really feel like this was something that 2020 offered me a lot of, uh, the ability to really see nature and watch it evolve, watch the seasons change. And I'm hoping the nature journal will just be kind of a continuation of that and a deepening into each season. And then the third thing is that there is a 70 degree day on the calendar for this week. I mean, honestly, I think 78 degree day on the calendar this week. Now I did drive by the local real estate office and they have like funny signs they put up and it was like the weather forecast this week is all seasons. And that is how it feels like there is a day on the calendar right now that is 30 degrees. And then there's a day on the calendar that is 78 degrees. And that feels w wild. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm so excited for that 70 degree day. I have so many things I want to do outside. I have so many little projects I want to do. So I'm, I'm going to try and fit them all into a single day <laughs> as we do. And then this week, I've been thinking a lot about how we associate our profession with our personality. I think that my generation, like Gen, what am I? Gen, millennial. I'm a millennial. Gosh. I think like my millennial generation, we received two really clear messages growing up. The first one being that like you need to find a job and you need to hold it until you retire and get a pension and, you know, blah, 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 work there for 50 years. But we also received the kind of the conflicting message that says your job should be something that you love. It should be your passion. It should be your everything. And the trouble with this is that one, our economy doesn't really operate like that anymore, right? Like the average person changes jobs at least 12 times in their lifetime. Like that's recorded. So even the, I don't think that idea, they say even boomers were like that. So that concept of like you get a job, you stick with it, that's never really been true. But then additionally, all jobs, even the ones that we love, they have elements about them that are difficult. That's inherent, right? Every person, every job, every experience, every partnership has something in it that's not ideal because we're human, right? Like everything isn't going to just have like be butterflies and roses all the time. Like everything we do is going to be hard. So that kind of pairing that with the realities of healthcare, retirement, and the housing market to contend with, 
I, as a person, am less inclined toward the thought patterns that I was really caught up in in my younger years. I used to be very much like dream job, passions, follow your bliss, like ideas all over and I could do anything. I'm kind of less like that now. And I think in reality, our generation is facing something generations before us haven't had to face. This mixture of high student loan debt, a dying job market, our second recession, and dwindling retirement options. Like, did you know that when baby boomers were the same age as millennials, they held 21% of the nation's wealth? Millennials own a meager 5%. And while about 45% of boomers and Gen Xers participated in a workplace retirement plan at age 31, just 33% of millennials did. Beyond that, almost half of the millennial households aged 25 to 35 have student debt. And the average outstanding loan balance for these debtors amounts to more than one-third of their earnings. Now, I am not by any means an economist, and that's not really the intention of our conversation. As much as my own kind of wrestling with the realities of the workforce and planning out my future. You know, like when I was in my 20s, possibility felt limitless. And I felt like, you know, I'm going to find my dream job. I'm going to create my dream job. I'm going to live it. I'm going to breathe it. And if it's not it, I'm going to change it. And everything is changeable and fixable and movable and and nothing is, is stuck in stone. But now I see it a bit more like jobs are jobs. They aren't necessarily the most exciting thing. And even the most exciting jobs, which I think I have, there's hard things about them that we have to wrestle with. You know, my job, for example, is incredibly unpredictable. So some months are really high in income, others are lower. So I don't have the stability that as I've gotten older, I've started to really crave for myself. Um, At the same time, I get to create new opportunities for myself all the time, and that's really exciting. But then also I have to make those opportunities happen. You know, I don't just go into an office and have someone hand me a list of tasks that day and then I do those tasks and then I go home and I don't think about work until the next day. Sometimes I romanticize that. Sometimes I think like, oh, that would be magical. But then I know that people who are in that have like their own fantasies about what it would be like to have their own business and And we, maybe I envy their stability and they envy my freedom. And I think that there's nothing wrong with either of those things, right? Like there's so much beauty in in both. And I think the trouble comes in when we feel shame for not being a full-time creative. Like, I think it's weird that we do that. I think a lot of our, our generation specifically We've never had more opportunities to make money from art and to promote our art and to get in front of a larger audience. But at the same time, it came with this pressure of like, well, if you're a real artist, it should pay your bills. And instead, I I really want to like invite us into the mindset of what if my job is the patron for my art? You know, like back in the 20s, a lot of famous writers and artists had patrons, people who had money, who kind of paid for them to create. And so maybe our job isn't meant to be our fulfillment. It's not meant to be everything to us or our deepest passion. Maybe it just pays our bills and covers our health insurance and is going to help us retire one day. 
And then our art can be something we make out of the fruits of that labor more than the thing that has to sustain us. Because I think it puts a lot of pressure on our creativity for it to be monetized. So yeah, I just kind of think it's worth exploring the role that a job could or should have to pay for our ability to live and to expand the places in which we find our meaning. Maybe our creative endeavors, our family, our home life, our friendships. I'm getting a lot of worth and meaning out of making a home and making our home feel really magical and special. I get a lot of meaning out of travel and visiting new places, seeing new things, getting out of my comfort zone, changing things up. So that's just what's been on my mind. I I think I'm preparing, you know, as I go into coaching, I have a real rose-colored glasses about this, guys. Like, I am so excited. I cannot wait. I am feel so prepared, so ready, so energized about it. And I know it's exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. I feel like very little doubt about that. But at the same time, like, I know there are going to be parts of it that are hard, like having a lot of meetings every week or potentially feeling like unsure of how people are, you know, just kind of like uncertainties or discomforts. Like that's natural. That's human. Um, Stepping into coaching isn't going to fulfill every want and need from my childhood. You know what I mean? It's going to be a, a really cool way to pour into both my work and my passions. And the same time, like that's the same thing with podcasting or doing anything. Like it's the complicated reality of making your creativity your income and uh, or your passion, your income, it comes with the realities of it being a job or a business, which I think we don't talk about enough as a society. I think we really like, really love that quote. Like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And if you've heard me talk about work and passion, you've you've heard me kind of like squalor at that before. Um, is squalor a word? You've heard me kind of be frustrated about that quote before, but you know, I just feel like that's the the least true thing. And and the more true thing is that if you love what you do, you will love a lot of it <laughs> and you'll hate some of it. And that's perfectly okay. And you get to you get to do that. And like your job can also just be your job. And and that's also great. And I think that's what um yeah, I don't know. That's just what's on my mind. So let's get into what's been going on back here. So last week I finished the launch of my coaching program and I am so excited. I'm really excited for the people who've signed on. I feel like I've got like the greatest group of people. Um, I'm thrilled to get started. We start April 1st and then I went to go see um, the Poet Laureate read Ada Limone in at UNCA in Asheville and she was incredible. She was really inspiring. And I think those represent kind of the two versions of my personality. I was talking to a friend at lunch today how I feel like I'm always in relationship to my writer side of me, but then also like my problem-solving, strategic, driver, business side of me and how I it feels like they don't play together very well, you know? And I feel like coaching and 
even Instagram for me are like business things. And then I have this like writer self who's like a little bit more gentle, needs a lot more quiet, needs a little bit more stillness. And she's like, hi, <laughs> come play with me, come hang out with me. And I feel like launching, you know, stepping into the coaching program is 100% like my driver self is so satisfied and fulfilled by that. And then my artist self is like, don't forget about me. And I think going to see Ada Limon really reminded me to nurture her and take space for her because the driver in my being she can take over everywhere, right? Like she's very good in business. She loves to like take care of our home situation. She like can drive anything. And I really need to create like silence, downtime and peace for the more gentle writer part of me. And then I read Jane Eyre last week by Charlotte Bronte and I absolutely loved it. I've been talking about it like crazy, but I loved it. I fully adored it from the first page all the way to the last. And I am confident that Jane Eyre is a six, an Enneagram six, if you haven't heard. Um, and I have like read a bunch of people saying that she's a four. I completely disagree. I'm confident that she's a six. And, I, and if you have feelings about it, I would love to talk to you about it because I have a lot of thoughts. And things I'm feeling vulnerable about is just kind of unknown plans. You know, we don't really have a sense of what the rest of our year looks like. We don't even really know what week after next is going to look like over here. So like, that's not normal for me. I typically have like a strong sense of what I want and I go for it, you know, and right now we're... I we're trying to collaborate more and that's very hard for me as a person because my husband moves at a different pace than I do. He's a four, he's slower, he's he worries more than I do about like how things are going to turn out and I like to just do what I want to do when I want to do it and I'm struggling, man. It's it's really hard cuz I I don't like not knowing or not having a a thing to look forward to or a sense of what to expect because I, I want to, I don't want to be in this moment. I want to be in the future, you know, you know what I mean? So that's what's going on with me. I'm feeling vulnerable about that. I am feeling proud of doing just a lot of speaking engagements this month. I've really enjoyed them. I love to teach the Enneagram, especially in relation to entrepreneurship and business. And I feel like that's what I've been getting to do. And I feel really proud of that work. And then I'm reading some really great books right now. Classic season is is treating me well. I was going to do poetry and classics this spring, but I've kind of decided to just focus on poetry. I mean, just focus on classics and then let poetry be like a thing I do in the mornings. So I'm I am reading Devotions by Mary Oliver every morning, but I am reading other books in the afternoon. Anyway, it's it's a great season for me. I'm having a great time. Other things I'm feeling really good about is I had a well-balanced weekend. I think actually that exercise of the seven dimensions of wellness offered me a really hearty amount of balance and I really enjoyed it. I think I might try it again in the future. Now, Core desired feelings. So for March, I chose refreshed, grateful, and aligned. So this week I will feel refreshed by not taking on more work than necessary because this is my last week before I start one-on-one coaching and I'm just going to let it be light. 
Um, I have some meetings scheduled, but I'm not going to like add a bunch of meetings to my plate. I'm not going to compensate for the downtime. I'm going to let it just be good and easy. And that way I'm nice and refreshed and ready to go, excited to sit down with people one-on-one. The next thing for Aligned this week, I'm going to try listening and not solving the discomfort of the unknown. I'm just going to like let myself wait, be present, and listen. And then I'm going to feel grateful by making a point to tell Obi and our kiddo each day something about them that I'm grateful for. And then last week, my self-care challenge was to start my nature journal. And that has been such a fun creative outlet for me, a great practice in presence. Like I said earlier, it's just given me a lot. Um, And it's nice to have something to tinker with, like doodle and draw when things are cold because I have a lot of things I want to be doing outside right now, a lot of like plant things, but I can't really do them because it's been too cold. And so it's giving me something to do, something to tinker with. And then this week, my self-care challenge is going to be to take myself on a lunch date after therapy this week and really let myself move slowly on Thursday morning. I have not a lot to do on Thursday. And so I'm going to try to just linger and go slow and not put a lot of pressure on myself. So that's what's been going on behind the scenes. Now, here's what's coming up in terms of content for the week. On the podcast this week, Wednesday, we will talk about the the work startup and shutdown routine and ideas for each Enneagram type. And then Friday, I'm answering a question texted into the podcast phone line about our marriage meetings. And then Wednesday on YouTube, we are doing a day in the life through the lens of the seven dimensions of wellness. So this week is an invitation to be your own patron, to not put the pressure on your job to also be your greatest passion and deepest fulfillment. And I have a quote for you. We're going to end today with a quote from Life Kit, referring to sociologist Aaron A. Keck's book, The Trouble with Passion, How Searching for Fulfillment at Work Fosters Inequality. And she says, if you don't feel personally fulfilled by your job, it doesn't mean you are incapable of performing it well, and it doesn't mean you can't live a happy life, full of fulfillment beyond your career. Keck calls this diversifying your meaning-making portfolio. Instead of drawing all your passion from one place, ask yourself, what are the things that excite me outside of paid employment? How can I invest time, energy, and attention in cultivating passion in that space? Okay, friends, thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you Wednesday for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.